Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It's the list and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross. What's up, you guys? It is Wednesday afternoon. That means one thing. It's time for the list and your boy. 20,000 subscriptions to our YouTube page get you that Jeff Jarrett laser engraved guitar on my wall. And uh, Jimmy, that's somewhat topical because I was on an hour-long media conference call with Jeff Jarrett this afternoon. Yeah, I'm sure the value on that guitar went up after today. Yeah, I'm sure. Since he is, he, he's the, the, the wrestling executive of the year already for 2017, and we're only in July. I think his his name, his official title is Chief Creative Officer. We have the, the full coverage enough. of that presser up on the up on the Fightful.com main page. But yeah, it was, it was a bit of a mess. It was a bit of a mess. They tried to force, like, they had, it was a good gesture, but they had a Pulse Survivor on there, and it was... It was a little unusual just because I don't, I don't know if anybody really knew what to ask him for the time that he was on there. It was a bit of an awkward situation, but nice gesture from them. It sounds like they really were like screening hard to, to get any negativity out of there. They were, but Jeff's the type of guy who is going to answer it no matter what. Like which, he is, always, he, which is he great. He does that, yeah. Right. You know what? i got to tell you, man. We, we, we've talked about this thing before, this whole Jeff Jarrett global force thing. I'm really torn on this. And, and I, I would love to hear your opinion. I'm very torn on this because one part of me is almost, uh, I'm not going to use the word mad, but one part of me is agitated knowing that this guy has taken advantage of some nebel-minded uh, <laughs> little wrestling executives. Yeah. So part, part of me is mad because he has very clearly taken advantage of guys that don't know shit about wrestling uh, and don't know what they're doing, and he's taken advantage. But then the other part of me respects him for it. And the other part of me looks at it like anybody else in that situation would have done the same thing. Doesn't matter if it was Jared, doesn't matter if it was Scott Demore, doesn't matter if it was even maybe Eric Bischoff. I think anybody that had that opportunity would have taken advantage. So I'm torn. Like, what do you, what do you think about it? 
I think that enough time has passed in in wrestling that some people forget that a lot of these guys are carnies. Yes. And Jeff Jarrett, I think, carnied these guys. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. And good for him because what I have always said was the best person to have in control of this company was probably Jeff Jarrett all along. I I don't agree with that. I I do. I do. They did their best figures when Jeff Jarrett was in charge and after he was able to book himself. I think that he's probably the best guy to to do this. Uh, Now, when I said that, it was probably, oh, I don't know, five, six years ago. But I don't know who would be better suited right now that is available. I mean, maybe there's somebody, but I don't know. When I just said I don't agree with that, that you actually make a good point. Who else is there? Right? Unless they just pulled somebody brand new, kind of like when Bischoff was pulled by WCW. Because I'm sure at the time the feeling was the same. When a lot of guys were like, what are you doing? you got a fourth-string announcer, and you're making him the executive producer. You know, it's kind of the same. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I saw this. I, I was going to get to this later, but we'll get to it now, I guess. Uh, I saw the Sports Illustrated interview. Did you read that? No, I, I don't know if I have. Maybe I have. I I mean, yeah, I read about 100, 200 interviews a week. So. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> okay, so so on. Uh, it's dated June 30th. Jarrett was interviewed by Sports Illustrated Online about Global Force Wrestling. I can't believe I'm calling it Global Force Wrestling, but whatever. So he was interviewed by Sports Illustrated Online, and he talked about all these grandiose plans. Like, uh, starting in 2018, we're going to implement a five-year plan. Uh, He said, we want to be on television in 2018, meaning like a a paid deal, like a real television deal. Uh, We want to go live, he said. We're going to go back on the road for live, live shows starting in August. I heard all of that stuff, and I thought to myself, it's really easy to say that stuff when it's not your money. That's right? very true. And, and and maybe it's because I'm a business owner that I get agitated by that to a degree yeah. because he is an employee. Well, well Jimmy, and, and, Jimmy, I want on TV too. But I'm not going out <laughs> and saying, I want the list and your boy on Fox Sports 1, 3 p.m. on Wednesdays. But, but did you notice at the at the tele, on the teleconference, uh, and we're taping this July 12th and the teleconference was today, he made a comment. He said 200 people – receive paychecks from global force wrestling and i thought to myself you are one of those 200 yeah Slight, slightly slightly more than fightful yeah slightly more than <laughs> fightful right and they make less revenue sean yeah they probably do right oh they do they do oh man but i just thought to myself like you're an employee that's what you are you're an employee and so it's very easy to say we're going to do all these great things when you're not risking your own money that's the part that kind of agitates me um, because you know what, Ed Nornholm, I'm sure he's a good lawyer. I don't know him, but I'm sure he's a good lawyer. He's a shit wrestling executive. And that's oh, yeah. a fact. That is a fact. And, uh, Jarrett, uh, smelled blood in the water on that deal. I, I had actually said to Sean going to this teleconference today, and I'm assuming that you didn't have a chance. Uh, but I said to Sean, I want you to ask two questions. The first question is what did Anthem actually get for the global force deal? What did they actually get in terms of assets and what did you get in compensation? Uh, that was the first question. And then the other question is, uh, what are your thoughts on comparisons being made between you and Eric Bischoff? Um, and I'm, like I said, I'm assuming you didn't have a chance to ask those questions. I asked a couple, but I had, had some stories I needed to fill out first. I asked him what their relationship with Spike was stateside, considering that he had a pretty close connection with Spike. And they're on Spike TV UK. And this pop deal, what, what's it doing? What's the yeah. pop deal doing? Nothing. 
No, I mean, in, no. And, and, in his defense, that wasn't his deal, right? That was a Dixie Carter deal. That's why and, and, that's, and that's why, you know, I, I, I am, and, and I put one thing in my notes in bold letters, so I've made sure that I said it, and I've said this before. If he actually does anything good, so like next year, if they reveal that they have a new U.S. television deal, and it's a paid deal, and it's on a real network, I will say, you know what? Kudos to Jeff Jarrett, and Anthem made the right call, and he was the right guy. I don't see that right now. I see a guy who was not making money, who was peddling fool's gold, who had a bullshit, non-existent promotion, uh, and was selling 8x10s on a website that no one cared about, who got an opportunity, and now he's wanting to do all these magical things with somebody else's money, and that's kind of what I see, and that's why I get irritated by it a little bit, but again, uh, anybody in his spot would have done the same thing, so. Yeah, I I completely agree, and... uh... There, there are some situations that they're, they're kind of making changes to that I think help, and some that don't. They got to be on HD and on Direct TV. They are still on standard definition. Like it's, they were, they were in HD long ago. Right. That's the thing when you're when you have HD programming in 2009 and 10, but you don't mm-hmm. in 2017. I think that hurts you a little bit. It, it affects things. And you know something that's interesting. Actually, two two side notes about Jarrett. The first is on the teleconference. Uh, he said that the decision to part ways with Shane Helms and Al Snow was made strictly uh, for financial reasons because they had too many agents. Shane Helms posted on Twitter, Jeff Jarrett would rather climb a tree to tell a lie than stay on the ground and tell the truth. Hashtag Carney. So, I don't know. I don't know, man. Well, the other thing- need- needless to say, the North Carolina boys and Jeff Jarrett do not get along. Well, he said him and him and Jeff Hardy are okay. He said. He said. Well, I mean, if you look at Jeff Hardy, though, Jeff Hardy's kind of the personality type that's pretty chill about everything, you know? Yeah. So, I can see Matt being a pain in the ass, but I, but I, I think Jeff is a bit of a laid back, you know. He can soul. be. I mean, I'm sure he can be. I mean, Matt and I have had our differences in the in the past, but I mean. He's one of the nicer dudes, the more honest dudes that I know in wrestling. Like I know that if I get a response from him, it's something, if not, if not factually true, something he completely believes, mm. at, at the very least. Now, right. he, Jared had to talk about this Alberto Del Rio, Alberto El Patron situation. What's what's your take on all of this? Because <laughs> I mentioned it last night, Jimmy. Like I don't like to butt into people's relationships. I hate yeah. it. I, if I can avoid it, I avoid reporting on it. But yeah. it's every month now, as I mentioned. You got Do you sex, remember? You, I mean, you but you got sex tapes. You got stabbings. You got Paige being detained. You got wellness violation one, wellness violation two. A yeah. guy wants to quit. Yeah. No showing events all the time. Like he was going to go into MMA because he was the president of the Mexican promotion. Uh, I mean, when when this whole thing first came to light that they were together. I don't know if you remember, this is like two months ago or something, and I, I said on this on the show that she was clearly being manipulated, uh, and we almost kind of joked about it at the time, just because how often do you see a girl in her early 20s, early to mid-20s, and a guy in his late 30s, early 40s, in a situation like this, and it's sad to say, but it's, it's a common tale. Yeah. It happens all the time. Uh, so it's unfortunate. I hope Paige gets her shit together. I know that, um, I guess we should say, so Alberto has been suspended by the Global Force, uh, they claim indefinitely uh, until, until the situation is resolved. Until the situation is resolved. Now it should be noted that they have already taped television through the, through July twenty seventh 
uh, and he did not lose the title on those tapings. So they have to air that footage. I mean, they'd be stupid not to. I think Jared said it'll hurt our brand, and that's what he meant, that we can't not air that footage. Yes. But Somebody tried I to think... compare it to the Hernandez situation, and the Hernandez situation was because they had a guy who was under contract to Lucha Underground on their right. TV. Someone didn't do right. their homework. This isn't that situation. No, it's not even close. And, and I mean... I think that there's been enough evidence. I think they have to they have to cut them loose. If you're if you're a network that's trying to get a new television deal, you don't want that. Like there, you don't need that heat. And but let me tell you one thing, Sean. And this is completely not even related to the story so much, but it just kills me how some people think. Did you hear the audio footage? Yes. So TMZ posted an audio clip of Alberto and Paige yelling at each other, and Alberto was being a dick and saying, call the cops. Uh, Heavy.com says that the witness that took the footage told them that Alberto was telling Paige, the cocaine is in your bag, meaning go ahead and call the cops because you're going to get in trouble, right? What killed me about that, Sean, was that the woman that took that footage, right, the woman that took the audio – after she's watching these two yell and she's watching Paige ball her eyes out and she's watching Alberto say the coke is in your bag. After all of that, this woman felt the need to look at Alberto and say, I'm a huge fan, by the way. Weird, right? Can you, what, what goes on in the mind of, of somebody? And I really don't want to uh, – I'm going to say something right now that's going to piss some people off, but I'm going to say it. That is the act of a ring rat. Yeah. That's what it is. Because in what other situation are you going to witness something like that and still feel the need to say, I'm a huge fan, by the way? Like, what are you going to do next? Are you going to bat your eyes at him next? And I, it's, I could not believe that woman was so stupid that she would, uh, that she would do that. That's, pe- people can be very stupid. They can be yeah. very stupid. And that's just it's, – it's a trash fire of a situation. There's a headline every month. And yeah. like I said, I do my best to avoid reporting on stuff like that. Because it's nobody's business, but they make it in an airport. In an airport. Major airport, The Coke is in your bag. That's right. Now, there are still a lot of questions in regards to this because he was detained for a while. He missed a booking. Yeah. Cocaine, what's up with that? I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, there was was a, a thing on Reddit where a lot of people were speculating that uh, Paige was a mule. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Who knows? We can't allege stuff because we just shouldn't do that. But, I mean, he said it. You know? What a fucked up situation. I hope she gets her stuff together. I know that her brothers have posted on social media saying that she's... That? That's, that's a weird one. Which, I mean, they are... Over, they're not here. They can't, like, go and yep. jump Del Rio or anything. Like, which With all due they, respect to them, what are they going to do? Hey, that's what I said. A lot of people were, like, coming at me. Did you see the guy that was coming at me? Last week, saying Del Rio doesn't want to fight an Uso, and I said, "Why? <laughs> really? Really? I like, yeah." I was like, "It was during it was during a really boring fight on the UFC show." Yeah. So instead of tweeting the UFC fight, I was like, "This is a little more entertaining." So let, let's let's just what is Jimmy Uso gonna do? No offense to him. No, if Jimmy Uso fights my neighbor. He yeah. Jimmy Uso is beating the brakes off of him. Oh, absolutely. If Jimmy Uso fights most. Dudes that we that you consider badass, he's gonna yeah. beat him up. But Del Rio is, and here's the thing: I, I was like, Del Rio is a trained MMA fighter who met success there. Yes, he only yes. stopped because of the WWE deal, or else he'd probably still be fighting. And someone 
was like, well, when's the last time he fought? When's the last time he fought? I was like, whoa, 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 calm down there. Also had a person trying to tell me today that Conor McGregor wouldn't be able to take down Floyd Mayweather in an MMA fight. These people, hashtag real people that exist. Hashtag real people that exist. Somebody said that Conor McGregor couldn't take down Floyd Mayweather? They were telling me about about how how well Floyd Mayweather knows his own body's leverage. And I'm like, playboy, it doesn't matter. (laughs) I, I used to book open house fights in our gym like exhibition sparring things where we would put in no uncertain terms, the worst guy on our team up against like guys who had lettered in football for four years, like that Mm -hmm. would pick them and 15 year old teens would hit low singles. James Tony got taken down by the first takedown. You learn a low single where you grab the back of the heel, you pin your shoulder into the bottom of the knee and you just, it's so elementary yeah, it's 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 remarkable. Real people think this. People really thought yeah, they were, and I they know. would say, "Del Rio got knocked out in MMA," and I was like, "Well, pardon me, I may be wrong, but I don't know if Jimmy Uso is prime Mirko Krokop." <laughs> Are you kidding, be- Mirko Krokop? When he was a monster, I I think that the Usos are only going to beat Alberto Del Rio if it's in a taco eating contest. Maybe if it's both of them, they I think they could both beat him up. But that's I it. think even then it'd be a fight. It would be a fight. It would be a fight. Yeah. And and don't get me wrong, I don't think Alberto, Alberto Del Rio is the toughest guy in the world, and I think he's acted like a real prick in this whole situation. Yeah. But let's call a spade a spade. He is a former uh, MMA fighter. He was going to go to the Olympics in wrestling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For the yeah. love of God. Yeah. For the love of God. Oh, uh, whatever, God. whatever. I uh, I mean, at, at least global, wi- global wide. At least global force. Uh, global wide should be the name. It's it's actually one of my it's actually global friends y. friends company yeah Is friend it? of mine yeah oh, well, but uh, not wrestling related something else but at least uh, at least Global Force uh, finally made the call because they had to you know they had to oh and one other thing going back to Jared for a second and I'm not gonna harp on this but I do get agitated by some of the things he does because you can just see through it uh, he had a guy by the name of Tony Marrero. Uh, who was a resident of Orlando who survived the Pulse nightclub shooting last June. He had him on the beginning of the conference call today, uh, claiming that they're doing a tribute or they did a tribute on July 3rd. Is there any, can you think, is there anybody that heard of that and thought, oh, that's, that's nice. That's nice. They didn't do that because philanthropy is the future of marketing, right? That's why they did it. That's why they did it. Of course that's why he did it. Of course that's why he did it. To me, that came off so cheap that he did that. Well, it it didn't translate well to the call. It didn't. Oh, did it not? Unfortunately, I mean, and a lot of respect for that guy who who survived, but it just didn't. Sure. It didn't uh, translate well to the call because what are we supposed to ask him? He was being completely manipulated and taken advantage of. Fuck, Jarrett might I as mean, well be Alberto in that situation. It's, yeah, I mean, I think, actually, my former boss just had, like, the only question. He said, hey, are they turning Pulse into a memorial? And that, that was, like, what else are we supposed to ask him? Like, right, right, right. Hey, I thought it was hey how's speech. Karen backstage? Right. <laughs> Their PR guy asked him that, but, I mean, in oh, all due God. respect to Ross Foreman, uh, he had oh. to. All right, let's move on. I uh, I got to go back to the top of my list today because they're you know how I always start off with some little spitball questions on this thing, and we kind of got into the meat already. But I, I want to reel back for a second. You sprained your ankle because of Lady Gaga? Yeah, more or less. 
How the hell did that happen? It distracted me, and I sprained my ankle. Because because you were singing to uh, I can't even think of the words to the name of one of her songs. Uh, I can't think of the name of one of her songs. Really? No. You sprained Sad. your ankle. Uh, I'm trying to think. Singing uh, I and dancing, and I sprained my ankle. What of it? <laughs> That's what I would have figured happened. I mean, what, what did, of it? You got a problem? What did happen? What did happen? I just told you what happened. You're singing and dancing, Lady Gaga. I got a lot of stairs in my house. Okay. Bad romance. I just thought of one. Bad romance. You were song. singing and dancing. You were singing and dancing to bad romance and sprained your no, ankle. I think it was just dance. Whatever just dance. First, whatever the first song was, the, the first <laughs> single. That's I think awesome. That was it. That's awesome. I was so that was interesting. The, I was just really doing the Colby Adonis Akon part, and I sprained that <laughs> stuff. I've, I've sprained my ankle a lot of times. It's it's a bummer, Jimmy, because right now I've got this wrist injury. I've I've told you I've dealt with for like a year. I can't really lift. Now I sprained my ankle. I can't. I can't do cardio right now. Uh-huh. The doctor told me I can't do cardio for a little while. So what are you gonna do when you come to the Jays game and they like belt out some Bon Jovi over the speakers? Are you gonna like sprain your ankle again? Oh, I'm gonna be on crutches by the time that that trips over. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to tell you, that's going down. Awesome. What do I do about awesome. what do I do about converting my money? Do I just is there a place at the airport? What do I do? Um, Am I allowed to swipe my debit card in Canada? Oh yeah, absolutely you can. Absolutely you can. But you're you're gonna get a crappy exchange rate. Mm, that sucks. So what I get to do because I am a businessman, Sean, is I have a Forex account and so I get the bank rates. Like yeah. the like the like the real bank rates. Yeah. You if you go to a teller, they're gonna give you shitty rates, but uh, at least because you're American, you're still gonna get a positive conversion. Sure. Do not do not do it at the airport. Okay. I'll just wait and do hey, you know what? I have like five dollars Canadian somewhere in this house. That's going to get you a couple a couple coffees anyway. Cool, cool. So you get that one latte or a couple of regular cups of coffee. Why don't you just go to a bank in uh, Cincinnati and just grab some money there? Like Canadian money? Yeah, they do that. Did you, like, just come off a boat yesterday? Yeah, pardon me for all the times I've been to Canada. Of course I know <laughs> this. Because yes. I gotta get my... I, I come up there to get my fucking maple syrup all the time. Uh-huh. They... You can go to the bank and get almost any legitimate major currency. Now, the only thing that you sometimes can't do is large quantities. So if you wanted to get, you know, $20,000 Canadian... You have to call ahead for that. Sure. But if you just if you just want a few hundred bucks, yeah, just go to a teller and ask for it. Jesse Jones in our chat says Canadians have a stranglehold on being an asshole. No, no, no. Okay, you'll see me and Jimmy bust each other's balls quite a bit. I don't think Absolutely. I'm going to accuse Canadians of being assholes. You know what, <laughs> Sean? This is a segue to my next story. It's like saying white people they just they just got the stranglehold on hating mayonnaise. You're not going to run into a big bunch of white people that hate mayonnaise. I was going to say, especially Europeans. Yeah. No. I grew up Dutch, and they still use mayonnaise for, with French fries. It's a very common thing. Wow, that's gross. I uh, I want to go into the next thing, speaking of the Canadian thing, because I want your opinion, Sean, on what you would have done if this was a American situation. I want your opinion. So did you hear about the so-called controversy this week with the uh, Major League Baseball All-Star game? Uh, no, I didn't. Okay. So uh, up here, it was a little little controversy. Probably didn't even make the news in the U.S. So there was a singer by the name of Jocelyn Alice from Calgary, and she performed the Canadian National Anthem at the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. All right? 
during one of the lines in the song, she giggled for a second. Oh, and it boy. and it was very brief. She giggled for like two seconds. Justin Smoke, who plays for the Toronto Blue Jays, and he's American, but obviously playing for Toronto, he hears the Canadian anthem every day. And I keep losing my damn list. He uh, he turned and gave her a serious look, like a dirty look, when she giggled. And then people on social media, of course, just created a shitstorm. Yeah. And one person said it was a disgrace, very disrespectful to her national anthem. One person said she should apologize to every Canadian ever. Uh, and here's the thing. Maybe you're going to not be surprised by this. I had no problem with it. Did not bother me. Did not offend me as a Canadian. Nobody knows why she giggled. She could have been nervous. Right? It was a it was a major event, live television. It didn't affect her performance. She performed the rest of the song without incident. Right? So I watched that and I thought to myself, if you were going to be bothered by that, and if you're going to go on Twitter and say it was a disgrace and I'm offended, how do you handle real adversity in your life? Like, how do you handle getting fired from a job? How do you handle losing a loved one if you're going to go ape shit on Twitter because somebody giggled during the national anthem? Like, what do you think as an American if that had been the U.S. anthem and somebody giggled for two seconds in the U.S. Care. anthem? We got Roseanne singing the national anthem down here. So Good point. Good point. Carl Lewis, remember? Remember Carl Lewis? Yeah. Carl Lewis, one of the greatest athletes of all time. Yeah. <sighs> I had no issue with it, and I don't understand why it was a I, thing. To be honest, I don't like national anthems at sporting events. I don't care. Oh, really? Especially with, like, what they did with the, I think it was Pacquiao Horn or, or whatever mm-hmm. fight it was where they, they bring them out and then they do the national anthem and all that crap. I'm sure they're going to do it for Mayweather McGregor because... Mayweather's got the Tito Ortiz thing where he thinks he's like the American hero in this. Oh, man. You know what's funny is because of Pacquiao, I know the tune to the uh, Filipino National Anthem. Really? I don't know the words. tapping over there? I hear it, too. I don't know. You have a woodpecker? It could be the construction. Is it the hog? Is it tapping the ground? Uh. Kill them all. Let hogs (laughs) sort them out. They're doing construction in the building, and I, I told Sean off the air I almost had to uh, postpone this today yeah. because they're doing construction in the building. This is great. I love it. I think that's what Look it is. Look at him flustered. Fluster. No. Virgil lives. Flustered. Virgil's no, back there flustered. tapping his foot. No. it's I'm in a room by myself. There's nobody in here. Huh. I think so it's what? construction below me in the basement. There's nothing I can do about it. Is it really annoying? It's a little fucking annoying. I can't, I can't do anything about it. We just have to deal with it. Well, for for now, it's it's a fortunate situation that 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 I have something queued up, Jimmy. Yeah, you might as now, well go to that right now, so now, that I can now, go bust Now, I, I will say this: I was supposed to film with Matt Riddle at noon. Yeah. At two. Mm-hmm. We're gonna film tomorrow at at one p.m. By the looks of it. Yeah. So what we're doing, what I decided to do, was put together it, to promote the return of Matt Riddle, allegedly, mm-hmm. to Fightful.com, is the best of the broadcast. So I'm going to give you guys a little taste, maybe if you haven't seen a broadcast, of what you guys missed. It's what fucking happened? infuriating to me. What was it? Was it another Camp WWE? <laughs> that was that was fucking gross. That was horrible. Who, who, what, wrote, what that? who wrote that? Seth uh, Seth Green. 
That guy what, should what be did taken like out back him? and beaten to death. What's that? What didn't you like about Camp WWE? What do you mean? You know what it was? It was just very poorly written. Like, the animation wasn't bad. It was just very poorly written, and the jokes were garbage. It was like, and the thing is, I'm all for swearing. I, I love, you know, a good swear, especially in a cartoon. It adds, you know, it's cartoon swearing, whatever. But at the same time, it was unnecessary swearing in that show. Like, no joke, no punchline, no nothing. Just just say the F or say fucking shit and whatever. And they were saying it for no reason, no jokes. And, you know, that, that made me upset. Because it wasn't even like, it was just like excessive swearing for no reason. And then like, and then after that, you could tell like, they're like, well, no swearing at all. And I'm like, well, no, that's not what you do. You just, you need to go in the middle, you know? Yeah. You need good jokes. Make it mean something. You, you, you got to tell a story. You guys, Vince, you Vince, you should know all about this. Tell Seth Green to tell a story, not just to get his shit in with the swear words. I like that. I like that. It's it's just like any wrestling match. You have to make the high spots mean something. Cursing is a high spot in cartoons. You That's can't just bombard people with high spots. You got to hit a couple arm drags and drop kicks before you hit a dive over the top. Me and Dustin had a great match. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joey Styles, bro. I know what you're talking about, dude. Yeah, uh... It happens. You know, I think there's a big misconception and a mis- big miscommunication of why Joey was fired. I like Joey. I'm a fan. I'm a friend, you know. Uh, but Joey wasn't fired for what he said. And now what I'm about to say might not make sense. But, you know, it, it wasn't like the... <laughs> It's not like the joke of what he said. It's like what we were told not to say before the event started in an email that Friday. And then his delivery of what he said, he literally said, well, I know we were told not to say this. Yeah. And then said something. (laughs) And it's like. Bro. I was literally right behind the curtain. And I was like, this is outrageous. Gabe was not too happy. Uh, so was he, like, visibly angry about this? I would say visibly. I would say visibly <laughs> angry is an understatement, yes. Speaking of your boy, look, look at this. Look at this beauty. Look at this beauty! Look at this thing! Look at that! Your boy. That's is that beauty. real? Is that That's real? real. That's real. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, bro. Yeah. How many? How yeah, many you don't se- have a your boy shirt. You don't many, have one. How many catchphrase? Do you? How many sales do you have to warrant? Try to warrant this, the pro wrestling tees. Try a million sales, dude. If you had a million sales, you wouldn't be doing this podcast right now. Yeah, would I be shilling my shirts even more? Undertaker is back. I know, I saw that? he made a SmackDown appearance, right, on the 900th episode. And said that he is back. I was now like, is he well, working? Damn. Is he working dark show, like house shows and stuff like that? I don't know about that. Like, he got on the mic and he said, 
I don't want to make WrestleMania define me. And I thought that was going to mean, hey, I'm not wrestling anymore at WrestleMania. Instead, he goes, no, I'm back. I'm digging great or digging holes and taking souls is what he said. Digging holes. <laughs> digging holes and taking souls. That's, That's him. <laughs> the guy's got it. He's still got it. Jesus Christ, Matt. Uh, That's actually what the crowd chanted at him. Uh, (laughs) That's amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. (laughs) How much have you spoken to Triple H or have you? Just, just very few words, very few words. Like he came up to me. I, I talked to him probably like, it was probably like a year ago. It was last year's rumble, not this year's last year's rumble. So it's been exactly one year. And he came up to me at any ball event. And he goes, Hey, I appreciate what you're doing here. And I go, I appreciate what you're doing here. Nice. <laughs> and then he goes, he looked at me kind of weird. And then he goes, all right. He's like, I just want to thank you for everything you've done. He's like, and I go. And did, you, I, and did you look at him and say, I want to thank you for everything you've done? That's exactly what I said. <laughs> and then he looked at me weird. He shook my hand and he walked away. Oh. And that's the last, that's the last I've talked to Triple H. He's um, in person, I've only talked to him in person. I've never talked to him on the phone or anything. It was just those those few words back and forth. And he was <laughs> super tan. Oh, no! You've got to be fucking kidding me! No! That's what happens. Oh, I have no. it all now, bro. I have it all. So tell me, when you orchestrated this shirt ordeal with <laughs> Matt Riddle, I had to pay him back by getting his rival manager, Stokely Hathaway, to surprise him that. on the show. Maybe we'll we'll show that on the best of the broadcast volume, too. That, that was a legit surprise. I know you like to surprise me on the air, Jimmy. But you went, I the, actually, you went the extra mile there. I was worried that Matt was going to tell you. Because <laughs> because some shit. well yeah but you know sometimes see you know how Matt can be depending on his mood Sean yeah it's true so I was I was kind of concerned about it but he he was awesome about it. you know it's funny you know how sometimes Matt is is hard to get a hold of and he's yes. not responsive right yeah when I hit him up about hey I'm gonna send you the shirt and I want you to wear it on the air and don't tell him and reveal it he responded to me like this like he was responding quick <sighs> to those. So, man, or to get and see, you know, something I couldn't help but notice watching that you're so well kept on that, Sean. You're like so like clean and together and tidy and the hair is all trim. Like so, what the hell? So happened? You're, you're saying you want me to throw the headband on. That's what you're saying. It might go with your plaid shirt real well. Go ahead. It might. I yeah, mean, they might match. I'm, I'm trying to keep control of this hair. This is the longest my hair's ever been, Jimmy. I know I'm that. And, but you're going to go Elias style, right? Apparently, yeah. I, I don't know how it's going to end up. Like, I don't know if I have to go through a mullet phase or something. I don't want to do that. Why don't you do the Miz thing where he, like, shaves the sides, but now the back is, ah, it doesn't you know, work or the me. front is... It doesn't work for no? me, man. I have a widow's peak, so my hair, no matter what, 
like won't grow through here. It's always been like that, like since I was like six. So yeah, you told me that look, before. Yeah, doesn't look yeah. right on me. Uh, well, you know what? I'm glad Matt is back. Uh, we've heard that he's talking to New Japan. I'm sure by the end of the year he's going to have a deal. Yeah. yeah so he's go- he's going places. So I'm glad to have him back uh, at least for a little while. You know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, I'm supposed to film with him tomorrow at one. We'll see yeah. how that. We'll see what happens. Out. We'll see. Yeah. And I'm filming um, with Russo on Friday, supposedly. Man, we're gonna have all kinds of stuff. Yeah, all kinds of good stuff. So, uh, what'd you think of the press conference Mayweather McGregor yesterday in in Los Angeles? Okay, I want to say this completely because I got into an argument with a person whose opinion I really respect, my boy yeah. Cagney, who's a big, who's who's a big dumbass. I'll just say that he colluded against me in fantasy football. I'll mm-hmm. never forgive that. But when I said, who won the press conference? Now that just means the press conference. He said Mayweather. And I said, well, why, you Mm -hmm. dumbass? Why? Mm -hmm. He said, because Mayweather can back up his words. And I'm like, whoa, 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 homeboy. Let's stop right there. He said that he would get into the octagon. That's right, four-ounce gloves. He said he would wear four-ounce gloves. That's right. He pulled out a $100 million check the week after he asked the IRS for a reprieve for $22.2 million. Yeah. Now. Bullshit. That's like, man. There is there is no chance. When was that Pacquiao fight? What, what year? Two years ago. Over two, two years, years ago. There is no chance that he's been sitting on a check for $100 million for two years. There is no chance. To me, if you say, hey, give me my backpack, you automatically lose a press conference. Sorry. That's a line you just can't unleash. Here was That's the true. thing. Now, I thought he had a really good line with the Mr. Tap Out. We know that he gives up. Perfect line. Great line. His only one. That was his only good one. Otherwise, as I told Joe, we by the way, guys, we did a Holy Smokes MMA podcast right after the presser yesterday. Showdown Joe is there at the, the event today in Toronto, credentialed. Yep. That will kick off shortly after this podcast. Mayweather made a lot of butt fucking jokes. I was mm. like, still don't age now the, well. Don't the, age reason, well. the reason I'm even bringing this up, because some people might be like, well, this isn't wrestling. Why are you even talking about this? It's because we've it's talked the most about. pro wrestling thing we yes, cover. Because it very much was like pro wrestling. And Conor McGregor, I respect a lot because this guy four years ago or five years ago was on social assistance in Ireland. And now he's a multimillionaire. And it's not because he's a better fighter than anybody else in the UFC. It's because he understands the game. He understands the entertainment aspect of it. And it just so happens that he's good in the cage, too, because if he wasn't, he would go nowhere. But he gets it. And and, uh, good for him that he's done so well. I thought that the uh, press conference was a complete disorganized mess. Uh, I couldn't believe that they didn't have anything pre-planned for these guys to say. They both looked lost because they were probably told how much time they had, but they didn't have anything planned out. I don't, the think, mics maybe, I don't think McGregor was told anything, Jimmy. No. He didn't know the format. No. It was a boxing no. format that he was completely unfamiliar with. You had no. Steven Espinoza and the guy with the gray afro up there, and yes, the crowd awesome. wanted nothing. And no. as I told Joe, they made Dana White look like JFK on the mic. Yeah. Like, G- and Dana Leonard White? Ellerby too. Yeah, Leonard Ellerby. Ellerby. Yeah. So Leonard Ellerby is Mayweather's manager. He took a page out of Dana White's book and just got right to it. Sure. Um, now let me tell you, back in May of 2013, I don't think I've ever told you this. Do you know what Charity Buzz is? Yes. So Charity Buzz is a website where you can bid on uh, 
they're usually events or there's some kind of a, some kind of an event, whether it be go to a taping of a TV show or go to some sporting event. I won uh, two tickets and backstage passes for the Floyd Mayweather Robert Guerrero fight in May, May of 2013. I was like 10 rows up. Uh, at the MGM Grand, I got to go to the pre-fight press conference, and I got to go to the post-fight press conference. Mm-hmm. And uh, the post-fight press conference was a complete clusterfuck oh, because yeah. I literally—and this is no joke, Sean—I could have gone up to the podium if I wanted to because it was such a disorganized mess. And uh, a fighter by the name of Adrian Broner, who's you know pretty well-known elite fighter, he wasn't He's even on right the- up the road, Cincinnati. Okay, well, there you go. He wasn't even on the card, mm-hmm. but he happened to be there. And because they were killing time and they don't know what to do, they were like, Adrian, you want to come up and say a few things? All right. And he did. It was a complete clusterfuck. So when I saw the Mayweather thing, I wasn't surprised. Um, but it's going to do big business. And like you said, I brought it up because to me it's very pro wrestling. This thing is very pro wrestling. Oh, yeah. Oh. And th- there were a lot of things. Like they had <laughs> – they had Paulie there as the boxing analyst. They had Brendan Schaub as the MMA analyst. And they had Mauro Ranallo, who was both. That's right. And it feels yeah. like they told these guys, defend this guy at all costs. Right. That's weird because if you've ever watched uh, anything from Polly, from Mauro, or from Brendan, they're right. very realistic about what they say. Then you go there, there's no audio for McGregor's entrance. Funny. They cut his mic... Well, they had the podium set up, and I thought they did that to protect Mayweather from that. But then they gave McGregor a handheld mic, and I was like, this is bad for Floyd. This is really right. bad for Floyd. And they recognized it. They cut his mic. There were right. things that Connor said, like when when Mayweather started to like shadow box, he said, yeah. dance for me, boy. And a lot of people took that racially. Uh, I, I didn't. Don't, and I didn't. Floyd's dad didn't. I mean, no. is it a term that has traditionally been used? That way, yeah, it has been. But it's not I, what he meant. I, I think I don't think that's what he meant. No. He calls every opponent that he faces boy. It, it's just yeah the way it when is. you see when you see McGregor because obviously this is a show, uh, and at one point Mayweather was even very respectful to McGregor and thanked McGregor because he recognized that this was his opportunity to make big money. This is a show. When you see McGregor doing interviews off the stage kind of thing. He's a very actually nice, humble, respectful guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you saw the one he did with Ariel Hawani, when he like shook his hand and how you doing and Connor looks him right in the eye the whole time he's talking to him. Like he's a, he's a very respectful guy. Uh, I don't think he meant to, to say anything racist. It, it just kind of, he was just trying to spitball stuff to get a reaction. Yeah. That's all it was. Yeah, I had a guy today because I said that Connor McGregor had a puncher's chance, which he does. He has a puncher's chance. It was trying to tell me that Floyd Mayweather could defend takedowns and that I don't know he couldn't. And I'm like, yeah, I do know he couldn't because he's never trained them. He's admittedly mm-hmm. never trained them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Floyd saw an opportunity. I don't know how long he's been in tax trouble, but he looked at the landscape. And last year, he started cooking up rumors. He admitted that he started up the rumors. Mm-hmm. And it didn't – It didn't. Hey, they're going to break the pay-per-view record, Jimmy. Like, they're going to – they're yeah. probably going to smash it. Well, not smash I think a lot it. of they're, people are going to be very disappointed. Yet. I think people I'm are going to sure be very disappointed. disappointed. But people weren't yeah. disappointed in Pacquiao Mayweather, how that fight played out. Oh, like, the Pacquiao fans were. Of course, everybody. Because everybody it, it came was. out. And, and not only that, the, the, the Vegas betters that bet on Pacquiao were upset because he supposedly was injured going into the fight. Yeah. Right? So. I, and people, are, I had a lot of people asking me, well, who would you rather see 
Connor fight from boxing if if all things were equal. And I said Jeff Horn, the guy that just beat Pacquiao. That was an amazing fight. Jeff Horn. Yeah, but you're, like, you're talking for action, not for I said respectful. all things equal, yeah. If, right. if you throw everything out, all things equal. Carlos Toros, uh, our lead boxing writer, says that Broner has been at the Barclays Center when I went there to cover fights that he had no part of. Right. Yeah. Right. By the way, guys. He was, uh, he was just hanging out. Yeah. Carlos's boxing newsletter drops Thursday. I was floored by his first edition last week. That thing ruled. Over at Fightful.com. Uh, go check that out. And, of course, his new one will be out Thursday, uh, which is, what, tomorrow? Jeez, tomorrow. Yeah. Yep. So we'll probably, uh, yeah, we'll have that featured on the site. I loved it. Like, if you're, especially for this situation, like, I'm trying to learn everything about boxing I can, and that was mm-hmm. that was a real primer. I loved that. But I don't think Let's... it was even close. McGregor talked circles around Mayweather. I thought so, too. Yeah, I thought so, too. Let's move on. I want to talk about Great Balls of Fire. Yeah. Uh, and specifically, I want to talk for a second about the Brock versus Smojo match. Uh, and happy 40th birthday to Brock Lesnar. Today's his 40th birthday really? on July 12th. It is, yeah. So um, a lot of people online I noticed, Sean, were complaining about the Brock Lesnar-Samoa Joe match. Uh, they were complaining about how short it was. It was about six minutes long. They were complaining that uh, Samoa Joe didn't kick out a 1F5. Now, I know that wrestling matches are subjective in terms of if you like them or not. And this is why we kind of make fun of Dave Meltzer's star rating. Is because it's subjective. Some I people really, you do you make fun of it. I well because like I said, it's subjective. Some people like the young bucks. I think the young bucks are stupid. So everybody has their own feeling on stuff. Uh, so I can understand if people didn't like the match, and and that's their opinion. My opinion is that it was a good, hard, snug fight. Like it came off like a fight. When they started out, when Brock got back in the ring after he was jumped early and he got back in and they were uh, trying to, uh, they were almost grappling in the corner a little bit. I liked it because it felt more like a fight to me. What did you think? And and the and the fact that Joe didn't kick out a 1F5, Joe took 80% of the offense in that match. Man, you, right? you know how I'm going to feel about it. That's my type of match. I love that. It's I liked just, it. It's what I like. I mean, when yeah. Matt Riddle had a great match with Dan Severn doing that at Joey Janela's spring break at two in the morning, WrestleMania weekend. And it was one of my favorite matches of that weekend. It's just a couple of guys that knew what they were doing in that situation, going in there and having a different kind of match than we're used to. I thought six and a half minutes, you know, Brock Lesnar is the king of short matches of like six to eight minutes. And there were people that were like, yeah, but he only does two moves there are people are going to bitch no matter what, no matter what. When your one move is popular enough to become one of the biggest merch sellers in the company just based on a road sign. Right. It, and that was impromptu. He didn't mean to say that Yeah, at WrestleMania. It just came out. I, I kind of question, do you think that there are some people, because we know that there's a lot of people online that are miserable in their lives and they, they hate on everything. Do you think there are some people that cannot just sit and enjoy a wrestling match mm. anymore? They just can't because they want to nitpick something about it. And so they just can't sit and enjoy it. I I mean, hey, I get on some of our writers about it sometimes when I see them being miserable about everything. And I'm like, I'll message them. I'm like, you're not covering Raw. You don't have to watch it. Like, right, right. I'm not making you. 
Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. That, I watched that match and I thought to myself, Joe has come out a bigger star because too. of that match. You know, And, I and that's how they... I felt about it. I don't think they had any idea what they were getting into with it. And as I reported exclusively on Fightful.com in the podcast, Brock Lesnar was very, very happy with right. that. Like, I don't know if even Brock knew what he was getting into with that. But, right. like, little things like Samoa Joe knowing how to block a knee. Like, it's, right. it's easier said than done. Right. Like, because like, if you ask, I'll, I'll use my neighbor. You ask my neighbor, how do you block knees? <laughs> like, real knees from a Muay Thai clinch. He ain't gonna know. Samoa didn't Joe you also knew. say? Didn't you also say that your neighbor's the one that Jimmy Jimmy Uso could kick his ass? Yeah, he could. <laughs> your boy might be the one kicking his ass if his dog keeps shitting in my yard. I'll tell you that. Is much. your neighbor? Is your neighbor the one that stole the loaf of bread that you left in your yard? Might be. Might yeah, be. Might be. Might be. Uh, one other thing. A couple other things uh, about Brock and Joe. So on Raw on Monday, and let me ask you this: on Raw on Monday, they got Brock in the ring, they got Samoa Joe in the ring, they got Roman Reigns in the ring, and they're doing that little segment, right? How awesome would that have been if you could yank Roman Reigns out and put Kevin Owens in? I don't think know. about that. I don't know if that works. I don't know if it works. Are you kidding? With because then because Roman regurgitates whatever he's told to say. Roman oh, does not yeah, verbally, talk. yeah, but from yeah. making sense and and all that. Oh, stuff, I don't, don't talk about any of that. I'm well, just talking it, strictly entertainment value. It's like what Alex said on the post show podcast on Monday. He said that Roman was just like, "Hey guys, I'm here. Let me say stuff." Yeah, and he and he just regurgitates the same shit. Yep. You know, whereas like Joe and let me tell you this, and and I've said this to you before, and now I want to know if you finally agree with me. I've said the whole time they don't let Brock talk live because they're afraid of what he's going to say. You think they don't let him talk live because he can't cut a promo. Do you agree with me now, Sean? May, a little bit. I mean, to yeah. agree, sure. That's why. And I think that's always why they don't let him cut live promos. But at the same time, because they have the tape delay, does it not make it fun knowing that Brock's going to grab the mic and you don't know what he's going to say and he might swear? Well, he certainly did. I love it. I personally like it. I do it. too. I like it too. Yeah, I like it. I know that they're afraid about like the children watching and all that, but they know they about kids. Well, they know that their average age is in the mid forties. They know this, right? So, whatever. Uh, one more thing. Uh, next week, Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe for the number one contendership. Do you think that now that they're seeing that they got something with Joe and Brock, that they might have Braun Strowman cost Roman the match and give Joe another shot at SummerSlam? Yes. Yeah? You think that's where they're going to go? I think they could. Uh, yeah. they, they've done a pretty good job at keeping me guessing lately, and I, yes. I love that. I really, really love that. I agree, and I mean, they have to, unless they just decide Braun is a babyface now, they have to finish that story. They can't just forget about it with Roman. Yeah, I mean, that the Roman Reigns-Braun Strowman story is hot. It's red right. hot. And Absolutely. Joe Lesnar, red hot. Right yep. now, every as weird as it sounds, based on the YouTube numbers, everything Big Cass is touching has been red hot. A really? million every single week. Really? Hey. Huh. Okay, let's get to that. Um, so let's talk about Kurt Angle's secret love storyline. That's what it looks like. 
Maybe he's talking to a child, and he said, I love you to the child. That's possible. But uh, it seems to me like it might be a secret love thing. Do you think there's any possibility that they might actually be considering bringing Dixie Carter in to be the love interest? Fuck. I hope not. I really hope not, because that's doing nothing but putting her over and putting impact over if they do that. It's Claire Lynch level bad, and if those of you who don't know the Claire Lynch name, Google it, because it was the summer, I'll never forget, it was the summer of 2012, and I, I remember, like, I think it was Mavs in the Heat in the finals, like LeBron and Dirk, and I picked watching Impact, like, mm-hmm. over that, and that came on and impact had been real good Mm -hmm. around that summer and i don't think i watched an episode of impact again after the claire lynch thing for for months and months and months it was so bad Mm -hmm. at least it's not katie vick it was almost as bad you think so i saw clips of i've only seen clips of the impact thing of the the it was so bad she was a terrible actress Mm -hmm. it didn't fit the angle was stupid it was Mm -hmm. dumb Mm mm-hmm well, uh, now you mentioned the cast thing, and I want you—I want to know your opinion. So, I feel like that story has fallen flat. Uh, I think that it was good build-up, and I think I, I credit the company for trying continuity, both with the Kurt story and with the Enzo and Cass story. And instead of hot-shotting it in a week, they let them go for like a month, and I, I credit them for that. I feel like the Enzo and Cass thing has lost its steam because number one, I don't think the fans wanted them to split up. I think people liked them as an act, uh, and number two. Enzo was the more popular of the duo, and yet every time he's been out there, he's gotten his ass kicked every single time. He has not gotten one up on Cass at all in the story. And so I feel like it's falling flat. What do you think? And I thought the match was shit, and, and the crowd was not hot for it at all. And For the Enzo-Cass thing? Yeah. Oh, the match was okay. Yeah. It, was, it was a squash. It, that's yeah. all it was. I was yeah. cool with that. Um, people still watch that segment, that Cass Big Show segment the next night. A lot of them. Over a million. So it it did very, very well, but they got to capitalize on it like right away. And I don't know if getting your ass kicked by the big show is the way to do it. I think kind of punching big show in the face and saying, I'm the, I'm the giant here now, especially if he's going to say the reason why I deserve all this is because of my height. That has been his promo. I'm seven feet tall. I deserve it. Then go punch. You you can't be the bitch in prison. You can't be the, the seven foot bitch. You have to be. The seven-foot badass, unless that's their thing, is that he's just a giant bully who, when he gets punched in the nose, he curls up in the fetal position. Right. right. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know either. Um, I want to talk about your Squash City concept. Yeah. I really like it. I really like it. Why don't you explain it, what it is, and what you've done? Well, I'm actually, I'm going to write some this week, too. I'm going to have a host of them running for... When I'm in Toronto, because that way it's I make it a little easier on Alex for content. I'll I'll be running several of those, uh, probably Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I take some of the best now, not just jobber matches, just some of the best squash matches of all time. I talk through them and really I question the decision making in some of them. Like there was one Coco Beware, and I titled it Coco Beware earns his Hall of Fame ring. He did a shoot. Brainbuster oh, to yeah. the Patriot. Now yeah. I don't I don't know for sure if that was Del Wilkes Patriot. Some have told me that was his first match as the Patriot. But like he beat the tar out he of did. the Patriot. There's one where uh Laparka 
cracked Goldberg with a, a chair, and Goldberg looked at him, speared him, and jackhammered him. <laughs> One of my favorite was the sickest pedigree of all time on Marty Garner, where Marty I Garner see. got vertical. Yes. It was a pedigree pile driver is what it yes. was. It and was I showed you the gross. Mick Foley one. The Mick Foley one yeah. where he was Jack Foley against the Bulldogs in 86. Saw, saw that on uh, his DVD, actually. And that yeah. was... He got he got hit pretty hard there. The the Marty Garner one, like, I mean, that move was kind of immortalized. It was in several WWE video games. Oh. Uh, like, in years later, they put that version of the pedigree where they would kind of come down on the top of their head and right. bounce up. So I right. thought that was kind of cool. But, yeah, I, I love doing Squash City. I'm, I'm tossing around some other ideas. Because if you all have any feature ideas you want me to attack, let me know. Let me do that. Uh, I, I love those. People keep asking me for Twin Peaks plugs. No. They can plug me. I would actually like to know if anybody has any squash matches they want you to cover. Yeah. That they Sydney remember. Squash, I, I ask people every occasional or every yeah. uh, so often. But yeah, send me squash matches that you guys want me to talk about. And just Google Squash City Fightful and you, you'll see a bunch of them. Right. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, one other quick note that I forgot to mention before about Global Force Wrestling that I just saw on the page here. You know when we were talking about when the merger happened and we were, we were thinking, what's going to happen with that taping they did in like 2015 that's got Bobby Roode and all that? Like, is that what are they going to do with it? So now they're going to do a four-part series on pay-per-view starting August 11 called GFW Amped Anthology. So they're calling it Anthology when they've never done anything. It's amazing. It's amazing. Good for them. Good for them. You know what? Sounds kind of like what stupid people would do, Jimmy. It does sound like what stupid people would do. This is a stupid song. It just goes on and on. You might find some meaning, but you would be wrong. We have a change to our format at the urging of Kia Boy. No. No. Kia Boy. No. Now, first off... Or are you just listening to faceless YouTube trolls who oh, no, comment no, no, one no. thing? Every decision I make is is my decision that I make on my own. I think you're that and fickle. Now, now, first off, the new video aired, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, so to our audio listeners, uh, the old video said uh, WWE's weekly excessive usage of stupid nicknames. The new one wipes that all out and just says stupid people of the yeah, week. Yeah, they saw it, man. No, audio listeners do not see it, dude. <laughs> Dude, they see it in their I head. People, oh, in their head. In their head. They hear the so, spray paint. Yeah. They, that's right. They would hear the spray paint. <laughs> that's right. So last week, Sean said to me when we were doing the nickname segment, how long are we going to do this? And I said, we're going to do it for a while. It was as redundant as the nicknames themselves, Jim. Well, so here's the thing. So when I was re-watching that show and I heard myself saying the numbers, I thought to myself – it's nothing's nothing's improving. Nothing's getting any better. If anything, it's getting worse. Um, nothing's changing. And then the final nail in the coffin, Sean, was the Great Balls of Fire pay per view. And yeah. I want to I want to thank one more time Gisberto Guzzo for giving me the numbers for the Great Balls of Fire pay per view. Now, on average, Sean, over a three hour show because this is not including the pre show. So on average, over a three hour show, whether it be raw or whether it be a three hour pay per view, they're averaging like seventy five usages on a bad week right yeah. 75 great balls of fire there were 88 usages 
And that was only the live show. That did not include the uh, the video packages, did not include the pre-show, just the live show. Monster Among Men, 15 times. The Beast, 14 times. The Boss, 13 times. Michael Cole, 47 times. He said nicknames. And Corey Graves, 36 times he said nicknames. The highs for both of them since we've been doing this. And when I got those numbers, I decided it's time to just move on. Because nothing's going to change. I don't think anything is going to change because everybody thinks the nicknames are stupid. You think they're stupid. I think they're stupid. My wife thinks they're stupid. She catches it now when she watches. Nothing's going to change until, you know, God forbid, Mr. Man is no longer in charge. People, until Kevin Dunn, Kevin Dunn is no longer. People always tell me that they can't unhear Tom Phillips' O's now because I bring them up so right. often. So apologies right. for that, guys. So for you, it's the O's. And for me, it's Michael Cole because Michael Cole has become a very annoying uh, commentator for me. And takes away from the entertainment value of the show when he says the monster 123 times in two minutes. It just makes it less less entertaining for me. But it's not going to change. So I decided we're going to have to move on. Uh, and I want to keep the stupid people of the week because I'll tell you, one of my little uh, secret pleasures, Sean, and in the morning when I come in my office and I got my cup of coffee and I got like 15 minutes to myself before people start you know, coming into my office and stuff, I like to check the news and there's always stuff about stupid people that do stupid oh, yeah. things, and it's it's interesting. So I'm going to keep going with the uh, with Matt, stupid people. Matt and I used to pretty much tackle crazy news stories on occasion right. on, on the show. Right. So I'm I'm going to do three every week, uh, cool. and I got and I got three for this week. And these are just a I I really am sad for the next generation, Sean. I am. Why? And I'm gonna and I'm gonna tell you why. There was a story June 30th in the Daily Mail in the UK about a plastic surgeon in New York named Dr. Norman Rowe, right? Dr. Norman Rowe said that there has been a huge surge in patients wanting a nipple tuck so they can wear see-through shirts like Kendall Jenner and Bella Hadid. Hadid? Is that right? You're asking the wrong guy. Yeah, I don't even know who that is. Bella Hadid. He said, since December, the demand for that procedure has quadrupled. And this is a quote from him. My patients come in with pictures from magazines of nipples that they want. They want to wear see-through dresses too, and that makes them take a closer look at their nipples. <laughs> what is going on in this world? Seriously, what like is I, going on? I don't know if I was prepared for that, Jimmy. <laughs> this is the world we live in now, man. It's like we talked about the YouTube wannabe celebrity that shot her boyfriend. Yeah. Like these people... I think more than any generation, today's generation of millennials are are so easily influenced by what they see on television and in magazines and on the internet. It's uh, it's crazy. That's Come the first. Come on now. Come on now. Oh, you know it's true. It's been like that for a long time. Yeah, but now now it's just they've just they've amped it up because now your the, generation the, bought fucking pet rocks, Jimmy. That's true. That's true. Pet but rocks. That's true, but let me let me just say this. So and we've talked about this before. You know how Justin Bieber gets shit on a lot because, you know, he's with this girl and then he's naked at this place and he's this and he's this, right? Yeah. He's not doing anything that the Rolling Stones didn't do and that uh, Guns N' Roses didn't do and that Bon Jovi didn't do and and the Beatles didn't do. The difference is that now yes. there are cameras everywhere, right? Yeah, and and they're they're watching his every move, and there are you know Twitter followers and Instagram followers that want to watch his every move. They want to see that shit. Oh, dude! And fifty years fifty years ago, that shit didn't exist. I, I won't run for mayor in my hometown. Somebody asked me, "Why won't you run for mayor from in your hometown?" 
I don't want my direct messages from 2010 and 2011 popping up. Because as soon as you just have mayor, councilman, anything like that attached, people will drag some shit out. I don't think I need to know what those messages pertain to. Nothing that would get I don't need fired to know. by you. Hey, you were the one that was saying uh, that you told your wife uh, to get off or something. Remember, we were talking about that when I, I said you're coming. Tell her, buddy. The hashtag <laughs> 90 minute man just does the job. All right, let's go on to the next piece of stupid news. Yeah. Uh, stupid, stupid people of the week. This was dated July 3rd. It was reported by MLive.com, which is uh, Michigan local news, that a man in Grand Blanc Township, Michigan, which is near Flint, attempted to use fireworks to remove a bee's nest from his garage. How do you think that ended up? He attempted to use fireworks because it was (laughs) Fourth of July weekend, right? So he had fireworks on hand because it was Fourth of July weekend. He saw a bee's nest in the garage and he decided to use the fireworks. What do you think happened? I would imagine that um, he got his ass all swolled up. He burned down the garage. What? Well, they say don't bother a bee unless it bothers you or vice versa. It won't bother you unless you bother it. I'm well, terrified of them. But I mean, oh, like, are you allergic? I, yeah, I, I did a lot of allergy shots. Like if I get okay. stung now, it's minor, like maybe yeah. a little breakout. But I don't mind them because I'm not allergic, yeah. so they don't they don't bother me. But this last one is delayed, is dated July 5th. This is uh, about a uh, the good old city of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, the home of my beloved Edmonton Oilers. But that doesn't mean there aren't stupid people there, Sean. All right. So July 5th, this came out. Officials in the city of Edmonton, Alberta, spent three years of planning two million dollars in budget to create a new slogan and logo for the city after they dropped the slogan City of Champions in 2015. So after spending three years of planning and two million dollars in marketing budget, what did they come up with as the new slogan for Edmonton? At least it's not Vancouver. That would have been better, but what they came up with after three years of planning and $2 million was Edmonton. That's it? Yes. Edmonton, huh? Edmonton. So they took three years and $2 million to come up with Edmonton for Edmonton. So do you think that they're, they're you got to conduct some sort of investigation there? How? The tax, what do you want me to do? That's, that's taxpayer money, yeah? Yeah, absolutely would be. If yeah. I'm the residents of Edmonton, I'm pissed off. Sure. You think so? Edmonton. Edmonton. Yeah. That's terrible. No, yeah. Not only that, it, that would fit Vancouver more than Edmonton. Well, because at least people going to Vancouver would think they're going to Edmonton and maybe enjoy <laughs> themselves a little bit more. Well, now that they signed Connor McDavid for uh, eight years, they might. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that's what happened. About. So, Edmonton. Um... Austin Aries was released by WWE. He was. And now there's a little bit of controversy because you claim or you've reported that he was granted it and Dave Meltzer says he did not. So what's the... Well, you'll notice that Wrestling Observer's Twitter, the same day that ya boy broke the news that he did ask for it, uh, said, we can confirm that he asked for it. So there's Oh, they did. Yeah, there's conflicting stuff there, so... I won't touch that. I did I like, not hear that. I did like not Dave, but I was told what I was told. I mean, that's right. that's just it. I was told he wanted out and had mentioned that he wanted his release. 
I gotta say, my on my side, your connection's gone to shit. Well, oh well. You look like uh, an Atari video game from like 1982. Good. <laughs> Good. It's it still works on on YouTube, but I mean, you know, it, this is a business of workers, and sometimes people get worked. Maybe I got worked. Maybe Dave got worked. But if you go back and look at our exclusives, your boy hasn't been worked yet. Remember when everybody was like. Kelly Kelly's back in the WWE. And right. that night I talked to somebody and they said, she ain't coming back. She can't keep up. And right. that was that was explained to her that she probably couldn't keep up. Because she and did want to come back. She did want to come back. Oh, yeah. And they, sure. they let her do uh, Table for Three filming. And yes, I saw that. She ain't back. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Somebody says Dave Going versus up. SRS WrestleMania 34. I like Dave. yeah. I have a lot of respect for Dave Meltzer. I mean, he's the pioneer of this stuff, so I, mean, I got a lot of respect for him. Your boy's batting a thousand. Just saying. Good job. You want to uh, get to the new segment? Yeah. I spoke to Diamond Dallas Page. And one of the things that's been happening lately, and it's been happening for several weeks, Vader's been going at DDP. Now, DDP was trying to basically make a Scott Hall, Jake Roberts situation happen here where he helped him out maybe aided him in changing his life, but it doesn't seem like Vader is is open to some of the, the recommendations of DDP. So here's us talking about that with Jimmy. I know somebody graphic. that you helped out a little bit. Vader. I saw Vader was kind of going at you. This is a stupid song. I know somebody that you helped out a little bit. Vader. I saw Vader was kind of going at you a little bit on Twitter. What's going on with that? I don't really understand that. I haven't talked to him, um, but I'm going to, uh, because I don't understand it. Because I, I love Leon, and, you know, I told him. I, mean, I brought him to my house, you know, um, him and his son, Jesse, who I think is just he's an amazing kid. And uh, he came and, you know, spent a week with me, and, and then he moved back to Dallas where he's at. And, you know, it's tough for Leon – to do the program that I'm doing. Like I was working with Jake all the time, you know, when I was helping Jake and even helping Scott, I was working with those guys all the time. And I, and I explained to Leon that, you know, if you want to, I want to help you, bro, but I can't do it with you there or just coming here once in a while. I said, I really need you. If you really want to do this, you know, and he, you know, he's got a time clock kicking, you know, he, I know he, his doctor had said he had two years to live and, you know, and that was, you know, over six months ago, seven months ago. I don't know how long ago that was. But, you know, I told him I, I wanted to help him. But I need, I kind of, I, I kind of, I need him in Atlanta. And I can't really help him do the things he wants to do unless he's, like, not wrestling. Like, if he was 40, that would be different. But he's not. I think he's, I'm 61. So I think he's a year older than me. So he's around 60-something. I don't know. I don't know the exact year. But Leon, I mean, remember, 400 pounds coming off the top rope with a moonsault. I mean, I don't know anybody. He played, he played all those years of college football at a super high level. Played in the NFL for five years. I mean, he's a Super Bowl champion, man. I mean, like, this guy is really beat up. And his, man, watch Leon in the ring. I mean, he's an animal. I mean, he's, you know, he's unbelievably, like, aggressive in that ring. That's been his nature his whole life. And, like, I can't really help him 
heal him with him doing his power bomb, not power bomb, that creator bomb thing he would do or anything like that. I, just, I, I, I said to him, Leon, I, I need you to just do autograph signings for a year. Like, give me a year to work with you. You know, I mean, that's what I want to do. So, I don't know. I got a call to him. I'm sure, you know, I'm cool. I sent him an email and, you know, and I said, you know, let's talk about this, you know, and we'll talk. You know, it's, I don't think it'll be a big deal in the meantime. I don't know if he has, maybe he misinterpreted me, <laughs> but I don't know how he could have because I was pretty, you know, straightforward like I always am. Like, I can help you do this, maybe, you know, like, because nothing's guaranteed. You know, uh, no one ever thought I could help Jake or Scott or anybody. You know, the disabled veteran, anything I could. But it's really important to be eating the real food because that's what's going to help heal you. It's really important to be around it all the time. And the really fortunate thing I have, I have this amazing crew that work with me, and they would help him. All they, you know, they want to help him. You know, and he wouldn't be by himself because. You know, they they want to help them just like they I couldn't have done it with Jake and Scott without them. You know, and it's it's a you know, sometimes it can be a full time deal. But uh, again, you got to be around me and we got to be working towards healing you. You know, like what we did with Jake, you know, for a year, he didn't do anything. And then he got back in the ring just so he could leave the way he wanted to. You know, probably had about 30 matches and then he was done because guess what? His other hips start seizing up on him. You know, it's like, Jake, you're in your 60s. DDT, not really a great idea. Like, Jake's doing so great right now with his one-man show that he's doing. You know, he's doing this, uh, you know, spoken word thing, as he calls. It's called spoken word, but, of course, I told Jake it was called spoken word. So he had to have the unspoken word tour, you know, which I understand. Because uh, it's Jake. And I don't know if there's a better storyteller than Jake. You know, I mean, he's such an amazing presence, has been his whole life and, and his, sure, his whole career, one of the best interviewers ever. So when he's out there doing his thing, man, you know, he, he's – He's, he's it's just amazing to me how he is completely now not in the ring, making a good living and entertaining people the same exact way. What do you make of Vader not only turning it down, but kind of going at DDP online? I don't know how him and uh, DDP communicated. You know that sometimes things get lost in translation online. So who knows if they were talking via text message or something? Uh, I saw Vader's tweets, and I, I wrote one of them down. This was dated July 10th. He said, this bullshit at Real DDP turned me down by saying I had to quit wrestling or I wasn't welcome at his training center. That's not what DDP said. I mean, at least on with us, that's not what he said. What he said was, if you want me to really help you, and if you want me to do for you what I've done with Jake and with Scott, you got to give me a year, and you got to commit to coming to Atlanta uh, and, and commit to working with me. He didn't say, you got to quit wrestling. I mean, I guess he did, you know. If you're going to come to Atlanta, you got to quit wrestling, yes. right? But uh, Vader, I think, is completely taking it the wrong way. He says I have to pay, I have to wrestle to pay hospital bills. He said I was still wrestling. He couldn't do anything for me. I wrestle twice a month. Uh, I think they're on different wavelengths. Well, the you know? Vader situation is is very similar, like to what we said about Del Rio and Page. It seems like every month there's a headline. Yes. Every month it seems like there's a new Vader headline, like he's rolling a vehicle or he's tweeting a dick pic or like he's what. He's, yeah. Vader oh. did that? Oh, yeah, he did. When? Uh, Why? Why? 
How? I, I don't have the skinny on that, no pun intended, <laughs> but uh, this was a while back. Uh, was uh, he circumcised, Sean? I don't know. That, that's that's your forte. That's your territory. But I have not heard that. That's ridiculous. And, yeah, and then you know him saying that he's got two years to live, the, the Osprey yeah. thing, and then him refusing to put over Osprey. Like, there's something that seems yeah. to happen all you the know, time. You know, I, I actually, not not that I want to go up on a tangent, but I actually lost respect for Will Osprey over that whole situation because who the hell is Will Osprey? Will Osprey's nobody. And, and, and he cut a promo on Vader in the ring because Vader wouldn't put him over. Like, get over yourself. Seriously. How old's Vader? I don't care. Where's Vader working? Where's Vader doesn't working? Matter. It doesn't matter. Look, the kid is getting a paycheck, right? And if the it's ultimately it's the promoters say, right? And ultimately it, it should be the promoter. The, the promoter wanted Osprey to go over. Vader nope. wouldn't do it. That's the promoter's problem then, because the promoter's got to have a set of balls and say either you're doing this or you're not getting paid. And clearly the promoter did not say that. The promoter gave in to Vader, right? That's the promoter's right. that's the promoter's problem. Yeah. Will Osprey was a 20 year old kid that had never done anything. And and he thought that he was better. You can you can shit on Vader for being old all you want. Vader was an internationally renowned wrestler. All right. Will Osprey was nobody. With all due respect to his skill set, he was nobody. Will Osprey had and a so, hell of a lot more buzz around him than Vader at that point in time. I don't I don't care. So what? This this was a house show in front of two hundred people. Who gives a shit? Seriously. Nothing is a house show in front of two hundred people anymore. Everything is filmed. Whatever. Everything Whatever. is filmed. It was it was a it was a nothing show. Who cares? And and again, ultimately, if you're gonna put the blame on anybody, I would put the blame on the promoter. Well, I mean because... Os- Osprey's working for New Japan right now. Vader's sitting at his house tweeting DDP. That's that's great. I don't care. I'm just saying at the time that this occurred, whatever it was a year or two ago, whenever it happened, Will Osprey was nobody. He was he was a young kid on the way up who had never done anything yet in the business. So for him to cut a promo in the ring like he's seeing punk like fuck that kid. Seriously, he's, he's a 19, 20 year old kid. No, that's that's my opinion. But again, I've I've promoted well, independent you have, shows you have, myself. You have opinionated wrongfully. Uh, that's good. We should do a T-shirt for that. You know, we should. And he's and he's twenty four, by the way. He's not nineteen or twenty. I don't care how old he is. Because was it you that came up with that that saying? No, it was that dude who went off on me about Star Wars. Oh, that guy did that? Really? Uh, and, and he was serious, is the thing. That's why I really people like picked that. up on it. I really like it. Do you want to do it? Hell yeah, I want to do it. What kind of I question really like is that? It. You know I want to do that. I like it. It's what good. What I want to like... know is, though, how about the one thing you're most interested in on this show is Vader's dick pic? <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is? I think to myself, yes, he's old, and yes, he might be a little delusional now and all this kind of stuff, but he's one of the last guys I would have thought would do something like really? that. Really? Have you seen yeah. his social media? Now, Not too much. Listen, too much. the dude's a perv. He's a perv. Is and, he? Hey, and if you do it within the confines of the law, whatever, man. But Is he is he a perv? What does he do? Come on now. No, he's I don't tweeted, I don't check his I don't check his social media. He's tweeted a lot of explicit stuff to people. Has he for oh, real? Like yeah. to to girls and stuff? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I had I had no idea. Him and Scott Hall are like the the if there were road warriors of wrestling perverts, it's yeah. Scott Hall. And yeah, Raider. but Scott Hall has never – I mean, do you remember Scott Hall when he was an alcoholic and he said in interviews, well, where else am I going to pick up girls? I went to the bar. Yeah, but – You used I to mean, say that. He Vader, also, I, never, I never thought of Vader like that. I just didn't. Yeah, true. True. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. 
Uh, pretty soon, I think that Vader dick pic's going to replace your Bret Hart photo in the background. <laughs> just like with yes. pixels. I'm going to get it framed after this show. Hey, but I mean, hey, as long as everything's consensual and nobody feels, like, offended in the situation, more power to Vader and Scott. Did Hall somebody ask for want. it? I don't know. I'm uh, sure somebody would. Uh, uh, like, Indian. here's the thing, Jimmy. This is the world we live in. Somebody <laughs> wants a picture of anybody. Like, that's yes. just the world we live in. I mean, we You're absolutely got that. right. You got that uh, Gawker documentary, which uh, my dude David Bixenspan actually appeared on. Nobody covered the Hogan-Gawker thing better than him. He made it his life. And you see the footage of the guy from Gawker who dropped the line that may have put the nail in the coffin, where he said, like, the only sex tape not newsworthy was, like, of a four-year-old. Yes, I saw that. I saw that, yeah. Like, I mean, that's, that's, that's where we are. I mean, look that's at the woman that uh, that watched Alberto yell at Paige and then said, I'm a huge fan, by the way. Yeah. Right? yeah. I guess so. Oh, I um, mean, Jimmy, what did I tell you? Anytime that a wrestler dick pic, sex tape, or anything leak happens, my mm. inbox blows up. People send mm. it to me, and they're like, well, why, why haven't you reported it? It's news. It's news. Right. Like, no, it's somebody's wiener, playboy. Calm down. You know what? You know that one of the biggest stories in terms of views we've had over Charlotte. the last six months was Charlotte. Right, yeah. the Charlotte leak, yeah. So, yeah. and no, we did not post the photos. We just reported on the story. Did not post the photos. Do you think that we so. should do Vader versus James Ellsworth in a hog pen match? Uh, can uh, Can Vader measure up? I don't know, Jimmy. Why don't uh, you do the research and bring it to us next week? Something tells me you know. I don't know. Something tells me you know. Somebody asked if if it wore the mask. Oh god! <laughs> that would be actually amazing. If what Vader... am I doing? I'm Imagine paid if Vader for this in right that now. situation, Sean. Vader in that. Remember when I was joking that as part of foreplay, you imitate this man, right? Yeah. Imagine if Vader is part of foreplay. He's wearing two masks. We'll call it the Mastodon. <laughs> <laughs> Before we wrap up, I want to ask you something about Shinsuke Nakamura. Sure. Uh, now maybe it's just me. But I, when I look at Shinsuke Nakamura, I see an elite level star. I see a guy that just carries himself differently than everybody else. I see a guy with a better presentation than just about anybody else. I see a guy with a level of charisma nobody else has. And I feel like he's kind of uh, being watered down and I feel like he's losing his luster on SmackDown. Do you agree with that? Yes. So here's my question for you. You know how in the 80s, WWE television was primarily syndicated, right? And back then, this is when merchandise was just getting started, and uh, they didn't have a major deal on television aside from syndication, except for Saturday Night's main event that was once a month on NBC, right? Syndication was their bread and butter for TV, and the point of their TV show at that time was to draw people to the live events, right? So Hogan rarely wrestled on weekly television, on weekly syndicated television, rarely, maybe once or twice a year tops because they they wanted him to remain special. They wanted you to go to the live event in order to see him wrestle. So my question is, do you think that they should have Shinsuke Nakamura only wrestle on pay-per-view? And then on SmackDown, you can have him show up to set up angles and you can have him set up you know, for whatever, but you don't have him wrestle until the pay-per-view? What do you think? Well, he doesn't wrestle on TV a whole lot. Like He hasn't wrestled on TV a whole lot. And here are a few things. He wrestles a much safer style now, and his body has taken a beating over the years. I would make him a pay-per-view entity and 
but see, at the same time, you have to make the, you have to make him special. You have to make yes. him special, but he is special. That's the he thing. He is special. And you can't put him on TV to cut promos because no. he can't speak English real well. They're in a yep. real tough situation with that because the entrance is special. And if you yep. if you put him on, I would put him in tag matches on live events to kind of save him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you can do the the corny, you know, him doing his deal like they did with American Alpha on the farewell tour, where American Alpha was doing his taunts with him and stuff like that, but. Mm-hmm. You can have that on the live events and people will like it and they'll be okay and they'll come to see it. But yeah, I think he should be a special attraction because when he wrestles in the ring and he wrestles and he really wants to, that's mm-hmm. a special attraction too. 100%. I, I, look, I, at, I look at uh, Finn Balor, the demon character, the same way. Yeah, and it's funny right? because they're they're both very, I, I don't want to say monotonous in the ring, but they both do like one guy does all knee stuff, the other one does all front drop kicks and stomps and stuff. They, right. They've got that kind of thing where Finn Balor's got that great entrance. Yes. He doesn't cut the best promos. He can cut a better one than Nakamura. Yeah. But he has that star quality. He has that ability to to be something special. Now, on Raw and SmackDown lately, I will say that uh, they've been doing a much better job with that. There are weeks when people are just not on the show. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and I, We I talked like about that, that yeah. I like yeah. that. Do you think so? So you know, back in the day, um, when they had Piper's Pit, they had the Brother Love Show, they had uh, the Snake Pit, uh, whatever else they had, Jesse the Body's Body Shop, whatever. Those talk segments were not in the ring. I mean, every now and then they did Piper's in the ring and MSG, but otherwise they were not in the ring. They were a separate stage, a separate set. Do you think they might want to think about doing something like that and make it a regular part of the show to help set up angles the way they used to? Because back in the day, they did so much stuff on Piper's Pit and on the Brother Love Show, especially with Hulk Hogan. And now uh, it loses its luster because they're in the ring and it always turns into a match or it always turns into a fight. Well, it works for Miz because Miz has barely won in 2017 and he's he, he got himself over with talking smack in Miz TV. That's what I think they should do. Mm. is dice up clips from Talking Smack and air them on SmackDown the following week. You want me to connect with somebody? You want me to like somebody? I see the Usos furthering their character but still being nice to Daniel Bryan, Shane McMahon, Renee Young. They don't have to be assholes to everybody. They can be assholes to who they need to be assholes to. No, you're right. And And Kevin Owens is the same way. Yeah. Oh, Kevin Owens is the best. He's the best. He poured He's water all over Renee's phone. Yeah, like come on. Yeah, but you're exactly right. Like they, there's, there, it doesn't make sense for them to be assholes to Renee Young, right? And and even the heels back in the day, they didn't shit on Mean Gene Oakland. It's true. Oh, that's so, that's a big thing. Like that was one of my production things on my Fightful books that that, that released a while back. Was they got to stop having people just come out to the ring with a mic? Because Jimmy, if if I have a problem with Nigel and I do a podcast and I just get on here and I'm like, well, you know what, Nigel? I don't like you, you long-haired son of a bitch. <laughs> I don't like your music. I don't like your Trig Tent Writers podcast. I don't like the way that you edit our videos. I don't like it. I seem like a crybaby bitch, don't I? I, I guess the like question a- is, I guess the question is, would Nigel respond by saying, Long-haired bitch. Yeah. Long-haired bitch. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, but if you are here and you're asking me and you say, Sean, what's your issue with Nigel? 
Well, that prompts me to say something. It gives me a reason to go off on the tangent. But if right. I go on there and I click on the thing and I go, what's up, you guys? Just here to talk about how much I hate <laughs> Nigel. Like, it's so weird. I find it entertaining. I personally would find oh, it entertaining. Of course you find it entertaining. <laughs> you love the chaos. It's you, fun. I, you fancy yourself as a Vincent man. You're like, I want Nigel and Sean to battle it out to the death. Okay, I don't know if that's complimentary or offensive. Exactly. Take it. I, know, I guess you it want. depends on what Vince McMahon we're talking about. <laughs> Did you see uh, the Kurt Angle special? I haven't yet. I'm going to watch it this week. It was excellent. It was excellent. And I guess we should talk about that. Dixie Carter was on that. They they said TNA wrestling, uh, which is interesting. I can only recall one other time that they have referenced TNA, and that was when they talked to Sting about it. Uh, they did it time. back in the day with Jeff Hardy when they had a Jeff Hardy Matt Hardy like duo DVD. Oh, they and, did. And Jeff just said, yeah, and then I went to TNA for a while, and that's all he said. Oh, really? Okay. Because yeah. remember with AJ Styles, the only thing they did was he was on the Edge and Christian show, mm-hmm. uh, and they had a segment called Shit WWE Won't Allow or something. Yeah, or and uh, they had, would WWE allow it, something like right, that. Right, yeah. right. And instead of saying TNA, they had um, pictures, and if you put the pictures together, you could think of TNA kind yeah. of thing. That's the only reference I've ever seen with a for AJ Styles for that. But with Kurt, they were right out there. You know, isn't so. it funny that, that that the less amount of shits given, the more entertaining the product is? Because Edge and Christian didn't give a damn. They Absolutely. were asked to do that show, and they're like, "Well, if y'all are giving us a show, we're just gonna do whatever we want." Yep. And WWE loved it. Yep. They thought it was great. They brought in like Brutus Beefcake. Who had, WWE was not in favor of for a long, yep. long time. They and redid that, the Shockmaster thing. Yeah, they brought Which, in. I mean, uh, what's his name? Fred. Fred. He's the nicest, the yeah. nicest guy. Like maybe in wrestling history. Yeah. yeah, but this this is the reason why I was I was talking to to a friend about this today, and you know that I'm a really big mark for Brock Lesnar, mm-hmm. uh, and and a friend of mine is too. And and again, the reason that I really like Brock Lesnar. It's because he's going to do what he wants. He's going to say what he wants. He doesn't care if he makes Mr. Man mad. He's going to do it his way. And I wish there were more guys that would do that. And this is why I shit on Roman Reigns, because Roman Reigns is the one guy in the roster with the stroke to do it, probably more so than anybody else, except for Cena and maybe Randy Orton, and he doesn't. And it, it frustrates me. And that's why when I saw that, that segment on Raw, and Joe was excellent, and Brock was excellent, and there's Roman doing the bullshit that Roman's told to do. Yep. And I just thought, man, when are you going to figure it out? Because if you're not going to figure it out, I don't need to watch you on television. I'm with you. You going to buy a legit boss fidget spinner, Jimmy? Uh, we sell fidget spinners in my company. Do you? We do. I'd like yeah. to hand in my resignation <laughs> immediately. We don't uh, produce them. We don't produce them, but we do sell them. What's the rest of your week look like, Jimmy Van? Uh, you know what? I, uh, I'm actually looking for a new house oh. at the moment. So I, I'm looking at houses tomorrow. For me. Yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you based based properties... on what I told you today, I'm ready to get the hell out of Kentucky. That based on what? What What was uh, it again? Yeah, my wife and that, that the, the uh, yes. situation. Which, hey, yeah, you know, I, I just want to say, the people got back to me. Did they? Got to be careful, man. You reminded me of kind of like a Rebby Sky kind of. It didn't make me happy, you know. Yeah. It, it, when when they when a superior tells my wife, hey, yeah, we're going to let you go to part-time now that you've been here uh, five years. That way you can get your school done. 
Yeah. And then a superior, another person comes in and says, we don't have part-time positions available. Yeah. But, but you did. You do. So, and, and they, what they do is if she doesn't accept that, she either has to drop out of school or she'll have her hours like knocked down to zero. That yeah. way she can't file an unemployment claim on them because they don't want to get that out either. I get it. But let me ask you this question. Let's say that you and I had agreements and let's say that tomorrow I woke up. Shit's and all over Twitter. Well, no, and your wife tweeted to me on Twitter about about your. How do you think I would respond to that, Sean? What would she say? Like, what what's your all's logo? Do you all have a logo? Oh, we have a thousand. We have a whole bunch of logos. Fuck Different that donkey would be it. Donkey mob. We have donkey mob. Yeah, yeah. I could get behind that hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> I could get behind that. Well, here's the thing. This happens to a lot of people. A lot of people have lost their jobs in our community because of this situation. Right. A lot. And in Kentucky, if you're a woman and you're not working in basically as a nurse aide, that's that's like a person on every block. Like you can't really? you can't go, yeah, the the medical field here is huge. We have a lot of old people here. So mm. the sick and like nursing homes stuff like that. It's a little interesting, but the people got back to me just saying, hey, it's okay. It's okay. You're, you're looking for a house for me right now. What's the matter? Yeah. I'm if gonna you knew ke- the property values in Toronto, Sean. Yeah, you I've would, heard per- about it. It doesn't matter. I'm so valuable. Sometimes I cry. Seriously. Listen, sometimes I, I cry. I am the Bo Jackson of Shazoo. I'll be doing, <laughs> I'll be doing stuff for Locker Feed. I'll yeah. be doing stuff for Fightful. I'm going to just run in on a Trig Tent Writers podcast, which you guys should check out, by the way. I'll That's run cool. in on that. I'm gonna hop in there. I'm gonna take everybody's money at Draft Beast. Awesome. Then I mean, you're gonna be here on a Wednesday. You're gonna come to the office on the Wednesday, right? I'm gonna come in there playing wartime on my phone, (laughs) blowing people up. Like it's gonna happen. Awesome. Awesome. I'll play some Lady Gaga for you, bud. We'll get it going. Why? Are you mad at me? Like, are you trying to hurt me? Uh, I I want to see for myself what what what's required out of your dance routine to sprain an ankle. I want to see that. Fun fact. Fun fact. <laughs> I shouldn't tell this story. Tell it. I once fell it. flat on my face imitating the Grandmaster Sexay dance. Here's a fun f- here's an even funner fact. It was in the dorm room of the guy who would later go on to create the Great Balls of Fire logo. Interesting. The only the only thing there. I can possibly follow that up with is until next time, we're out. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.